Hey, this is Hot Points. It's a podcast about the film and TV department, and we're going to be filming this every Wednesday night. Edited, it's going to be uploaded every weekend. And on my first episode, I have my first guest, Mark Vogt. What's up? Hi. How's it going? Good. 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 So, so, since this is random, um, this is going to be a podcast about the film and TV department. And it's literally free talking points. It's not, it doesn't have a specific structure to it. It's just everything that we talk about in our small groups, but in a more public form. And that's the idea. So, cool. first question. Yeah. Um, when I asked you to come on here, which was like not that far ago, yeah. um, what did you think? I thought it was cool. I didn't know you had mentioned that you had kind of gone through this approval process and that you were working with it. And I was like, oh man, this is serious. <laughs> this is cool. Yeah. Um, and that was that was awesome. And then I didn't really know the full thing until I got here. Which when you told me that it was like you know sort of this open forum for you know talking about the the, the department and you know stuff going on. I mean, it's awesome. It's a great idea. So. So to start with, oh, and thanks for coming. Appreciate oh, that. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. So to start with, um, can you tell me what's going on with Odyssey right now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Odyssey um, is, uh, for those that don't know, it was a, a fan film that me and some friends created. I uh, started my freshman year uh, in spring quarter, and we just uh, released it this past fall. Um, and I'm a junior now. But yeah. Um, so it's been a long process, but we just released it in the fall. Um, online release, it's a fan film, we can't profit off it, we just wanted to do it to, you know, give back to the fan community. Um, and we hit um, 500,000 views a few days ago, which was pretty, right. pretty cool, thanks, right. yeah. Um, that was awesome, and it's funny, it's like, it, it always feels like as soon as we release something, like there's always a few channels on YouTube that release the same thing, and that's what happened. Like, we released Odyssey, then a month later there was another big fan film, and then another one, which, when we were looking at it when it was happening, like, oh god, this isn't good, but now it's like, it's throwing a ton of traffic our way, which is a good thing. So that's that's great. Um, From their channel, they right. come over to your channel. From their channel, because we're, I mean, given that a lot of the fan films all have the same title, it's like 2018 fan film. Like right. we're always like right in the recommended, or you know, right there. So it it's nice when that autoplay feature just kind of sends them over. And when you compare these fan films together, mm. um, and it's not about boasting or making yourself yeah. look better. It's just genuinely how do you feel you compare with the other fan films yeah i mean i definitely when we were looking at when we were making odyssey we knew we wanted to be the goal was to be the best on youtube that was the the, the goal and what we realized through you know making it and then releasing it it's like every fan film is kind of founded on a different idea or a different thing that makes you know star wars or whatever the property is special to that individual person i wanted to make something as original as I could be in a universe that is, you know, uh, another property. So um, that's the route I went, and you know, other people went what what I call more of the fan servicey route. Like if they want to see their favorite character doing something in the, you know, in the franchise that they're never going to get to see, they're going to make that. Yeah. That's awesome. That's just not the way I wanted to go about it. So it's cool because it's like we we ended up being, you know, one of the the, the better fan films on YouTube. I. I, it's really hard for me to compare it because it's there are a lot of really good uh, and, and talented people making those kind of things and it's 
I don't know, I, I just wanted to make something that could stand alone in the universe and people could watch and know like just a little bit about Star Wars, but they could be along for the ride of the story. And, and yeah, that's been, that's been the most fun part about it is that people kind of can stumble onto it and they're like, I don't even like Star Wars and this is cool. Like, awesome. I did my job. Like, that was great. Because that's one of our biggest differences. Yeah, yeah. You're a big Star Wars fan. Not that I'm not a Star Wars fan. I, I've seen... <laughs> so, I hadn't... I wasn't... I didn't grow up watching Star Wars. I didn't have... My dad loved Rocky. That's why I watched all the Rockies. That's fair. But yeah. I think a lot of a lot of our generation that loved Star Wars, it was because of their parents. Oh yeah. So I'm assuming your family or your dad, your parents loved Star Wars. Oh yeah. My dad was a childhood fan. So that didn't happen for me. I grew up and then I came to film school. Um, and when I came here in my intro class, the professor who loved Star Wars as well kept on making Star Wars references. <laughs> And then at one point, at one point, I mean, I didn't, I was just like, all right, I'm just going to listen to what he's saying. At one point, he was like, you all have watched Star Wars, right? And then I was like, yeah. And I just stayed silent. And then it's like, is there anyone who has not watched Star Wars? And then it was me and someone else, like oh. two people. So he's like, all right, that's your weekend homework. You got to watch all the Star Wars. Oh, I did not do that. <laughs> I did not watch all, I didn't watch any of it. Not that I didn't want to, I just, I did not want to watch seven films. No, at that time it was, the new ones had not come out yet, so it was six Star Wars films. So I didn't watch it, and then a couple years ago I was like, Oh, that's when the new one was coming out, oh, okay. right? Is that yeah, the yeah. right timeline? Yeah, yeah. Like three it's years back? Yeah. yeah. Um, the new one was coming out. It was like, oh, everyone's talking about it. Everyone loves it. I want to get on this like fan yeah, hype. Yeah. So I was like, huh, this is weird. They released <laughs> episode four, five, six, one, two, three. Yeah. It makes sense to watch episode one. Oh. <laughs> and that's the that's the reaction I had. I I watched episode one, and thirty minutes in, I stopped watching it. Yeah, that's. And I was like, I really don't understand. So maybe this is not for me. Whatever. Yeah. So I did not go on with Star Wars for another year, and then I got your reaction, not from you, but from people who like Star Wars. You're like, oh no, that's the wrong thing. You gotta watch episode four. Yeah. And then uh, I was like, that makes no sense. Yeah, <laughs> You're telling cool. me I do not want spoilers. Like, I get it. It's released that way. But wouldn't it be more interesting to go from uh, the first bit of the story? <laughs> I tried to think about it. Oh, man. And they're like, no, 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 just trust me. Just go, go one, two, no, four, five, six. And then, and then if you want if you to, it, if yeah, you, yeah. you can watch one, two, three. That's fair. And I was like, all right. And then I watched episode four, which... I'll admit it was a hundred times better. <laughs> it was a hundred times better, and I liked it, but it was not something. Still, I didn't understand where all the hype comes from. Yeah. I think it's a it's a generational thing. Like you said, it's like it's something that we were introduced to very young, and it's like that's something. That's a question that I was asking myself when we were making Odyssey. I was like, hold on, why do we why do we all sort of have this sense, or why do some people not? And that. Your story is actually really interesting. Well, was there anyone in your key crew that like either had not watched Star yeah. Wars or was like, oh yeah, it's it's all right, I guess. Um, because I can't believe. Well, it's not that difficult because it's a big franchise. But I think was everyone just in love with Star Wars? Oh, 
No, no, it was it was definitely like we our department heads. That was that was what I call one of the interview questions. It was like, have you seen Star Wars? And um, y usually, most of the department heads and all the the teams had. Um, but we always find that that one person on set. They're like, is it is it bad that I've only seen like half of the the third one or something like that? And it's like, no, no, it's not bad. Like that's fine. It's um, fine. Um, Don't talk about that. <laughs> no, it was it was just funny because it was like. At a certain point, we just didn't ask. We just kind of assumed that everybody had seen it, and if they didn't, then they were kind of along for the ride, and that's awesome. Um, or else they just had no idea what was going on. <laughs> Why are they wearing white armor? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, um, yeah but I, I found that most times people people were drawn to the project because it was something that they kind of loved and that yeah. they wanted to, and that was great because that you know opened it up to a whole new world of of people and and you know possibilities in terms of what we could do with the film. So. That's what I, aside from Star Wars, that's what I learned here is that since we work for free uh -huh. for the most part, um, if people on your crew love what you're doing, mm -hmm. your project will be 200 times better Absolutely. than if, sometimes friends do it because they're friends, sometimes people do it because they can't say no and you're like, hey, can you do this? And like, oh, I guess. Change, yeah. yeah. But, and they do their job, but it doesn't come out the way that it does when people absolutely love doing it. I, yeah, I totally agree. Actually, something I told the, I told them when we were working on Odyssey, I was like, I feel like people love working on projects that they can see a future after rap day. Like, if they can see the future, see what could come after we, you know, all leave set, then there, there's some sort of investment there, and there's some sort of, like, sort of rally point or some uh, you know group effort to it that I, I feel like is really strong so that's why you know anytime I'm either gearing up for a short or I'm making something that's usually one of my main ideas in the pitch even though it always should be sometimes it's just not with student films it's like you know no the goal is the finished thing doing this or being here or doing you know whatever and that's that's something that I've tried to stick with is keeping the final goal like public and out there for people to know. Which, speaking of groups, yeah. uh, people at SCAD, since this is SCAD oriented, but I'm sure other colleges this yeah. happens, we break into groups. Um, yes. Yeah. Like for for some point, you guys were called the hot case kids. Oh, Jesus. I, I uh, maybe I can't have that reaction on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> and these groups some of them stay intact, some of them don't, but it's definitely like a gang <laughs> feeling. It feels, it feels like there are tiny gangs in the film department <laughs> that look in a weird way to the other mm -hmm. groups mm -hmm. and, and only, and this is not a jab at anyone, but it's genuinely how it looks like. Mm -hmm. And they only think that their group is the group that makes important or like yeah. professional looking things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I always said that actually when, when I was a freshman, I was like, man, it, this is like high school, it's really clicky. Like, like, I, I, was telling, it's, I, was telling, I was telling you, right? Yeah. I said this is like high school, like you gotta be the popular kid, it's, otherwise you're like, four yeah. years are ruined here. It, it was, and that was something that was so funny to me because I was lucky enough to have friends that were, you know, juniors and seniors when I was a freshman, so they were like telling me things like, don't do this, or like, don't act that way, or something that was like very strictly like, if you want to be taken seriously, or if you want to, you know, do anything, like, 
I kind of was shown the lay of the land, which was very interesting because Scott has a very unique lay of the land, like yeah. like you said. And yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you that it's like sometimes with these groups that form, it's it's really easy. Like I think humans naturally, especially art students, we all kind of clump together and then we're very passionate and competitive at the same time. And and it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a weird thing because it's like, it's not always that we're competing for the same opportunities, but we act like we are in film school. And while film school is really just supposed to be this like universal, you know, like everyone's got the tools to make things, why aren't we all just making things instead of arguing about it? Um, and that's, that's kind of my outlook on it is like, I, yeah, I definitely agree. And it's something that definitely should, should be looked at. And it's, it's hard because the, the school is trying to do things to sort of dissolve those boundaries and sort of bring, you know, open collaboration in. But, you know, you can't, if you've got a crew that's worked really well together, they know each other, they know that they can run a set that they love working on, and they, I mean, they don't, they don't change. They, yeah. they like that. It's like a comfort thing. Sure. Um, and we, I've, I'm definitely, a, a, you know, an example of that. I, for, you know, I'm admitting that. But it's like, you know, you find a group of people you work really well with, and, yeah, you want to work with them again. Um, but what's been great about some of these bigger projects is that you know bigger projects mean more people that you got to bring on to to work on, and that's what's been great about being able to you know reach out and say you know hey is anyone interested? And usually through there you find people the people speak up that are genuinely interested in, in making things, um, which is awesome because I feel rough because sometimes you just feel like people are waiting for them to come to you or I you know I never that's when I came here I wanted to get through the door and I wanted to just, I didn't care if it was making it out of my Turner dorm, I wanted to just start making things. I just wanted to make, you know, anything. Um, and that's something that was great because the group that I sort of founded, the people that I found, we were all very like-minded in that sense. We weren't going to wait for a class to start. We, we just wanted to start doing things. So, yeah, I, I agree with you about the, the group aspect of it. Also, what you said is important because you know, it's not a myth that you do not need film school to become okay. a filmmaker. Um, so, <laughs> shaking his head. Um, so, I think, but I think there's a positive side to it, which is a big thing you can't ignore. Um, there are film kids who just go to their classes, make their class projects, mm -hmm. and graduate, yeah. which is, in my opinion, the wrong way to go. But it's also, it's not, but the way that I think is the right way to go to film school is the way you said, is it's not waiting for a class. It's, hey, I'm here, I have people who have my interests, um, and they're film kids, where there's a lot of us, there's a lot of talented film kids, and free labor. <laughs> so, why wait for a class? Let's just make stuff. Even if it's bad, no one expects you to win an Oscar. Exactly. If you if you screw up, you screw up. Yeah. And that's filmmaking. You learn by doing. Absolutely. Yeah. That that was that was huge for me about SCAD. That's why I chose SCAD. I wanted to go to a place that had what I called a sandbox of resources, whether it be gear, locations. I just wanted to go to a place where I could. Well, what makes this place a sandbox of resources and not another school? Some of the others. Some of the other schools. Yeah. One, our cage, you know, as rough as it can be sometimes to, to get what you need and to, yeah. to, at the end of the day, you know, I've got friends at, at 
USC and, and NYU and stuff like that. And it's, we are truly, really lucky to have access to what we have. It's just a matter of, you know, actually going out and using it. It's like, and I, I feel like I'm a total hypocrite saying that with Odyssey, but I'm going to skip over that part. I'm going to say, let's outtake that. But, um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, having access to the resources that if you have the ambition, the drive to go out and make something, you can't. There's nothing stopping you. You can, like, you know, you know it, it is a little dicey sometimes with class requirements and, and the cage, but... Yeah, and that's the thing. You're right. We have a great cage, and great schools like NYU do not have the same cage. But I was on the SCAD film and TV... SCAD, SCAD's website, the film and TV section. Mm -hmm. And there was a portion talking about the cage or like the equipments that we have. Yeah. And it said, at students' fingertips, we have an airy, a red, or whatever. Yeah. And it is not. Like, yeah. it is far away from fingertips. It's definitely not as at fingertip length, yeah. but it's definitely some good marketing thrown in there. But uh, like, we have so many great things here. And no, I'm not saying give any freshman like an area Lex and right. be like, hey, go make a film. No, there should be a system and a structure to it. But I do not think, and you know, I didn't go the cinematography route, so it's not that I check out things every weekend, but I don't think the system that we have in place for checking things out is right. It's, it's hard because I, I see both sides of the coin. At the, I, I see this side where it's like, one, dealing with production insurance on Odyssey was a crazy, you know, tidal wave for me, and that kind of opened my eyes to, okay, well, I get that aspect of it, because insurance is a nightmare, and especially when you're dealing with, you know, gosh, how many film majors do we have? Thousands or something yeah. like that? Like, covering them all under the same policy and, and covering, so, sort of insuring themselves and their investments in this equipment, that's, that's complicated, so that is one thing that I understand whether it be the, the rules or the, or the things put in place on paper to say, you know, this is how we protect ourselves, which I get. Um, I do think, to your point about the system itself, I've... I think it's hostile. That's what I think. I, yeah. I like, mean, it, I see certain... It's, it, it's always been hard for, It's not encouraging to me to take those classes to check these things out. Right, right. It makes me want to be like, I do not want to deal with that. It's, it, it almost, what I, when, when I was describing it to family members my first quarter uh, home from, you know, for the holidays, I was like, it's kind of like a video game. You kind of like take different classes and you level up and you unlock certain gear and stuff, yeah. um, which that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's like you're, you're getting trained to use that equipment so you can check it out yourself. Um, but I always, you know, even before Odyssey, I had this feeling, I was like, well, what if I'm not taking a, you know, a class right now that is, you know, that I have to make a film for and I want to make a project? Yeah. How can this school, like, how can you guys help? How can we, you know, how can I use the resources that are here at the school, you know, behind a, a, you know, the cage or behind in a case or something? How can I actually use that on a project that maybe isn't for my senior film or my narrative or my production film or whatever it may be? And that was um, a big talking point we, we had with Odyssey, is we knew that Odyssey, you know, it couldn't be, um, because of how big it had gotten, it couldn't be uh, sort of a, what we call a SCAD cage film. We couldn't check out the gear. We were going to be doing things that, you know, like the production insurance, the stunts, the, the pyrotechnics. Like, there were things that and were we in... tried to do that. Yes. There were things that were in SCAD's policy that physically prohibited us. And, and what was the biggest 
What are you saying? Biggest thing? Well, there's there's two big things. One was our shoot schedule. It was back-to-back -back weekends, um, seven days overall. So it was it was a long shoot schedule. Um, we were shooting on, um, well, one, we, some of it was what we called brought on by us. Like, we wanted to do, like, a 40-foot dolly run. Can't do that at SCAD. Um, we wanted to do a, uh, you know, what's called a zircus, which are basically modified paintballs that look like sparks and bullets hitting. Can't do that with gear. You've got to go through all of these literal insurance hoops to make sure that their policy can at least protect you in case that something does happen. Um, and, you know, and it just like, it's just like when you're going to a location, you're trying to explain to them what you're going to do. They, anybody will get freaked out when you say stunts and pyrotechnics. They're like, mm, hold on. Like, and that, that's ultimately what we ran into with Odyssey, and we knew that there was always a risk. We were, you know, there was thousands of dollars on the line for this, this film, and we knew that there was the risk that at the last minute that reservation might be canceled or that, you know, it just, we had so many, you know, graduates and, and professional people working on it that we couldn't we couldn't hinge the the success or the you know mm -hmm. that was my senior quarter yeah um, there were 52 I believe senior films wow. originally there were 64 some of them didn't make it um, either they didn't make the project or it didn't make the showcase but I know there were roughly 50 senior films that were made. So it was 12 p.m. till 8 p.m. Eight hours, it was like a whole film festival by itself. Jeez. And um, it's, it's strange. Sometimes, sometimes when I go to the SCAD Senior Showcase, um, I don't know why or what, maybe it's my taste. There are more films that do not fit my taste. Mm -hmm. Uh, to put it in the best way, then films that I'm like, huh, that was so impressive. Yeah. And it's weird because, you know, and the a reason I would say this podcast is a good thing for yeah. this department is because we all, well, most of us pay to go here, mm -hmm. and most of us want to get the best out of it. Mm -hmm. It's, there's no, I don't gain anything by saying negative things. Like, right, right. I am here, I am paying to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I want it to be in the best way possible because I'm taking advantage from it. Mm -hmm. So it's a bit, you know, um, concerning when the fruit of your four years yeah. is sometimes films that you watch and are strange. They're just like not something that you'd imagine someone spent four years to make. Yeah. And I still can't figure out why. I think I, I had this this debate with my dad actually over over the break recently. We were talking about you know why why is SCAD not known for maybe the the aspects that USC or you know what I call the the Ivy League film schools um, are known for, and that's because they're were built on different grounds. I know this sounds really deep for for a very you know simple answer, but SCAD unlike UCLA and USC, those kind of schools when they when you're accepted in there, you are broken down from whatever you were, like wreck it down. They're gonna build you as a storyteller from the ground up. And that storyteller aspect is very important. They don't let you touch a camera until you're a junior. Like they are so dead set on making sure you understand story and structure and design and every everything about a film that isn't the technical aspect before you start to learn the technical. Um, and that being said, there is such an overwhelming 
yeah, I mean, the stories that come out of there are great. I mean, it's just like the writing is impeccable. It's like it's really good. I'm not saying it's always great, but there's a very clear s strength and sense in writing and in storytelling. Um, oh, would you like that? Would you? Would I, you like to? Where school tell you no? I no that okay. yeah no no that, that I would not. And what I was going to con continue with in terms of the the two different grounds is that SCAD's founded on the idea of you know, more making you a, a technician in this industry and more making you a, a technical person. Um, obviously not everybody wants to do that, but that's that's what the, the curriculum is more suited for. It's more suited for, you know, going out and, and either, you know, just doing more of the technical roles that, uh, or more of the, the business side of it. And I aspire to do more of the creative. I want to, you know, I want to be a director. And that that is, you know, I, I share that with a lot of people here. And I think my ideal version of, of the, the experience in the curriculum would be something where, yes, those resources are there, but you know, I would, I would rather have more, more classes about storytelling in, in my curriculum. I mean, that's just me. I'm sure there are people that do not agree with me. But as a, as a writer, director, I just really wish I had more focus in my earlier time here on like what makes a good story, what makes that, and I think that to finally come full circle to your answer. Of course, I, I, you're seeing your film. Um, <laughs> I get that. Uh, you get that so much? Yeah. Uh, but um, basically, I think that's the ultimate cause of, of what the, the department is, is having the issue with the, the films. It's all, it all comes down to writing in the story and the script. Like, if, if the script is not good to begin with, it's not going to be good in the end. Like, and that's, yes, stories are subjective or objective, um, but you know, people can love them, hate them, do, doesn't matter. But we at least have the people and the faculty and, and you know. There, there are people at, at your disposal that you can send your script to and say, hey, tear mm -hmm. this apart. Tell me what's wrong with this. Mm -hmm. Tell me if it's bad. If it's bad, I want to know. Because <laughs> if it's bad, I don't want to spend thousands of dollars on it. And that's, mm -hmm. that's where I'm at. Do you get defensive? I've, I've tried to keep myself pretty good about being defensive. I think inside every human being is defensive in their own head. Like, you're if someone, yeah, if you're passionate about it, of course. Yeah. Anytime someone says anything that, like, that's wrong about your, your film, you're gonna be like, you don't know what, you don't know how much I bled for this. Like, yeah. and that's, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think for me, it's just a matter of just, you know, I, I, wanna, I wanna hear someone's like, genuine honest reaction and then ask them why yeah. like as long as they can tell me why they got a reason great if they just tell me like oh that sucks okay cool yeah. awesome why <laughs> well you say reactions um, I don't know if you, <laughs> I don't know if you know what my senior film was about yeah. well the quarter I was making it it was before production I don't know when mm. actually maybe it was ATV I, that sounds very right, because you we were we were talking about something, and then you said, "Yeah, I'm like," and then you, <laughs> no, the, you talked something about films that are about like sad people and like mental illness and all that. Oh boy! And <laughs> I broke out those it, opinions. And I was like, "Huh, that I do have sad people <laughs> and mental illness in my senior film." Sorry. That day, I just said, "Yeah." Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Um, oh, man. I, I, thought, I thought that's really interesting. Yeah. That's really, I, which I get. I know. I know what you're talking about. It's definitely overplayed 
sometimes I do think like, oh, are artists truly depressed, sad yeah. people, like with scar, like they're <laughs> scarred and they have weird childhoods and like whoever I talk to, they're like, oh, my parents are divorced, like, oh, I, I, whatever, yeah. I, whatever. I, I, I just always attributed that, I guess, in my head, like, that was going back to the people that I had upperclassmen. They were like, you know, we see a lot of movies about this, 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 and this. And I was like, oh, okay. So, and then, I don't know, maybe it was a movie set memes joke that I was just like, I wonder if that, I don't know if that's a, a, a stereotype or what it's it was. Definitely but definitely yeah. um, If you go to, again, any senior showcase, <laughs> you will at least find two or three films that are about depression. Mm. And I think there are great films that are about oh, yeah. depression. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's more to depression than like Sean Saunders is sad. Right. And I, I think the, I honestly think the, the cliche comes from the fact that, you know, our age as filmmakers, we write to something, a lot of the times we write to something that is like right in our faces and really close to us. So for a lot of people that is either, you know, like what are some, you know, big social issues or big, you know, I guess just issues that surround us that cause conflict, that cause drama whether it be depression, whether it be, you know, drugs, alcohol, like, that's why I feel like these things show up a lot is because, you know, there's, there's conflict surrounding them, check, and then there's, you know, you can create complex people off of it, and that's, that's why I feel like that happened. But I'd argue that it's good to write about things that you know oh, yeah. about. Absolutely. Like, it's, it was always hard for me. I'm also not a big superhero fan. Yeah. Um, there are a few superhero films that are in my top ten for sure, like The Dark Knight. I absolutely l love The Dark Knight. But, for example, the whole new like Marvel universe, mm -hmm. I'm not a fan. I still sometimes watch them because it's you can't avoid it. Like everyone goes crazy, especially here. <laughs> I'm just having fun listening, to jo like watching well, Joseph's expressions. <laughs> So recently, SCAD has changed its approach. Um, uh, now we have SCAD films, yeah. SCAD projects. Mm -hmm. What do you think about them? I think the initiatives are a great opportunity that is still being, um, it, it's, still, it's still in its, in its beginning phases. I think that, and this is my honest opinion, um, and I've, I've talked to them about this, I think that what they're wanting to do with them is great. And I think it eventually will get there one day. I think right now, A, problem lies in what I've always said it lies in, is stories. I think they need to, if there's any way to, to let go of sort of this grip on the, the, the roof of content where you know, things can't be too risque or, you know, it, I think they should loosen that a little bit. That's my opinion on it. Um, just because you know, film students want to make want to make cool stuff. We want to we want to try things and and do things like that. And that's that's something that I feel like the initiatives in their concept are an amazing opportunity to make a project that is funded. Like that alone, awesome. That's and I, that's you know been an amazing part about being a part of the the initiatives is that you get this practice, you get this experience um, with the the budget taken care of, which is great. Um, um, I think there's an aesthetic that's stuck to SCAD initiatives, which is not helping. Yeah. The aesthetic being there are certain uh, guidelines that the stories fall under. Mm -hmm. 
that do not let us be too um, trying to word it right edgy yeah stylized or I, I, I get what you're saying yeah I and that's also I've been you know I'm, I'm really good friends with, with Mitchell and, and he's worked on time and I've I've heard I haven't read the script for time but I'm, I'm really interested by that concept and I you know love just I don't know just stuff that one kind of you know plays with with reality or, or just kind of takes us out of our everyday lives that's the kind of stories I like so that's why I'm interested in that kind of content and I'm really excited to see how it goes and stuff like that um, but uh, yeah I, I agree with you I think that it's hard for two reasons because a they are I mean they're, they're investing so they're whether whether you like it or not or however whatever way you spin it you know they they are acting as a studio it's their dollars their department money that is you know spending on them and they don't want it to fail in any way so um, I think that that's where sort of what I call the safety net comes in is that they're you know it's, it's always you've got to protect whatever you know you but also when you speak about that uh, we want to we submit these to festivals. Yeah, we want to um, win these festivals. If you look at what other schools make, um, it's not so PG, I would say. Yeah. I'm not saying let's go make Game of Thrones, let's go HBO, no. But I'm saying that also to the studio's benefit, it would help if some of these restrictions are a bit opened up because otherwise we're just making things and it's great practice but we can do a lot more right because no matter what anyone says we have the talent here yeah for sure uh, we have the equipment here uh -huh. for sure we have we have a lot of things here so why not take full advantage right. so initiatives great uh, we both have done yeah, them. So you and I have both directed them you kind of you kind of started the new wave of it because like there were always the sitcoms right, right. and then the whole uh, single camp stuff started and you guys won started making it and then it became a quarter based right, kind right. of thing yeah. which was a great change and you know it is what you're saying it's very fresh it's new mm -hmm. um, it's a big step towards the right direction yes. um, but I think after that happened the bigger steps that should come after that did not happen. Mm -hmm. It kind of stopped. Like, oh, we took this giant step. Mm -hmm. We will make a film as well. So we have our TV stuff. We have VFX films. Yeah. Um, but we, we d like that shouldn't that shouldn't make you feel content about it. Right. Like you're like, okay, now let's see how we can achieve more. Yeah. It shouldn't just stop. No, totally. I. And it's it's something that that I feel like is not gonna it's not gonna it's gonna take time to change where it's like you they've the I feel like the way that could could help is just to start trusting unique visions that seem outlandish but if they seem outlandish and the person who has this vision or idea you know if they prove to you how they can pull it off that's a good thing. Because there, I mean, we hear all the time about stories and, and ideas that get pitched. I mean, you know, heck, when I was pitching Odyssey, they're like, "All right, yeah, cool, that go go away." Like, that that's the kind of reaction we, you usually get to sort of these outlandish new ideas. But when they actually happen, 
they are the kind of things that sort of change the environment and change the course. And I feel like SCAD, in the initiative aspect, just needs one of those projects. They just need someone that comes in with this very direct vision of like, you know, they are good with working and collaborating, especially with, you know, the executive aspect of it, but they have a vision that they are like, you know, it's unique and it's, it's they're very firm about it being what it is. And, and that kind of comes to my last point. Um, you said collaboration mm -hmm. with, and that's a, that's a new thing. Before, film was isolated, mm -hmm. performing arts was isolated, right. production design was isolated. Now, we are more together, but still, there's something wrong with it. It's, um, yeah. Because aside, we work together, but I hear this a lot that either this department doesn't like this department and vice versa. It's like not one-sided at all and they all think that they're right and the other department's wrong. Yeah, and, and it doesn't go anywhere because there's no dialogue and when there's dialogue, there's a lot of he said, she said, no, you're stupid, I'm right. Um, and I don't know why. I think it's because of the fact that <laughs> as these art students and as film students, we don't like being sort of controlled too much, as as it may be. Like that's not something we like. And I think that the the sort of the drawback of the initiative aspect is you have to be in these classes to be involved with these projects. Like okay. that's in a bigger capacity. That's the the thing. So, but but how would that work if there wasn't a dedicated exactly. space for that? That's that's why it's so difficult, and that's why I, I don't know what's the right number, but. Film is one of the bigger majors at SCAD, uh -huh. and you, it's not realistic to open the doors to, to literally open doors to everyone. Yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying, and I think, t to answer your question of why, why it's happening, why it's hard, I think it's because you walk in there day one, and if you know you want a certain role, you either A, know who's also going to want that same role, or that role is already chosen, yeah. or B, um, you're told here's your department head, here's your department, like you are shown these are the people that you are now going to work with and if you have ever made a, you know, a, a film you know that making a film with someone is like, they're, you're like marrying into their family, like it is such a, a close quarter, you know, intense process that you have to, especially with student films, like it's like there's no money on the line, we just have to rely on each other and trust each other and sometimes with those kind of scenarios forcing that doesn't always work and in some cases it works brilliantly you and that's where you meet collaborators and you work really well with with people um, and I've had that lucky opportunity on on some of the initiatives but sometimes it's a, a thing of you know uh, okay they're your production designer okay cool what's their name like they usually it, that's something that the at least sort of the producers and the directors they have a hand in deciding who that is each person brings a unique vision and a unique spin on a film and that that's my outlook on it that makes it a little difficult is because you wouldn't know all the production design majors so how do you think how do you think i think if you were producing the next scat film right because yeah. i think that's more in the producing side um and they were like, okay, you know what? We're not gonna bring you a random class. We'll let you have an input. It, all I would like, even if there was a class, I would just say, okay, awesome. If I'm, say, if I'm directing this, 
I'm going to enter the class with all of my department heads. All of my department heads are going to be on the same page before we start this quarter, and when we get into it, we're going to hit the ground running and go from there. That, I feel like, is the only way. And those department heads still should go through the same vetting process that the, you know, above the line producers and directors and, and everything. They should all sort of go through um, a process of like, okay, can they pull off what they say they're going to pull off? Because, you know, there's always scenarios of people saying they can, whether it's in these classes or not, and it just never happens. So I think going in there with department heads that you have selected, that, that you have at least had time to figure out who you want as a department head of something. That's, that's the closest I can come to at least what I would do. I think a pitch-based system yeah. involving the creators, as in the director or producer, right. uh, would help this process. Yeah. Because right now, for example, writers have to pitch themselves, get their scripts chosen, yeah. directors pitch themselves, sure. But then when it comes to production design, for example, or you know, that's just an example, any department, the pitch system should be more inner department. That makes sense. No, yeah, it totally. I mean, we, it, we cast very similarly. I mean, like how we cast in our normal films. Yeah. But I think I agree for, you know, aspect, whether it be cinematography, whether it be, you know, yeah. production design or even sound. Like, sound is a crucial part and that's still, unfortunately, something that just gets left it's to... It's getting better. It's I, getting better. You're right. Is now I live with the sound major. those classes that... Uh, the, CL, the 560s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's now also a sound class, which goes great. into pre-production with sound. Phenomenal. Which I think is great. That's awesome. Yeah, that wasn't the case when I did it. So that yeah. that is an amazing improvement, so and that's this quarter. Cool. Started, Good stuff. Quarter, yeah, that's that's super helpful, and I think that going along with just choosing your department heads and, or at least hearing pitches from your department heads, hearing what they're what how they're going to add to the project because each person is, you know, collectively writing a piece of this film in, in a visual or an audio sense and they, you know, they each have an, an individual unique outtake and I would love to hear what each person's sort of vision for it is. So, yeah, that's, that's a very, very interesting. I mean, the initiatives are such a cool thing but they're so, they're so new and I feel like there's, there's a way where it can work beautifully. We're just tr still trying to figure it out and uh, and it's getting better every time. I think that's what's awesome about it. Yeah. Now, the last thing is any, which like would be a segment on for every guest, mm -hmm. um, is future, something interesting that's happening with you in yeah. the near future? Sure. Sure. Um, I'm actually, uh, it was really cool. Uh, I was after this is one of the things that came from Odyssey. I'd always wanted to do a World War II film. I made Odyssey as a practice um, to try out some of the elements. And now uh, I was contacted by a company that was uh, that's run by a, sort of a mentor I've had through all of high school. And he reached out to me and said, you know, we're interested in, in whatever you're doing next. And I, luckily, and that was, you know, just I will always have this from now on. But I had, you know, just this three-page treatment in my hand. I'm like, this is this is what I'm going to do next. This is what I want to do. And they're like, great, awesome. You know, let's talk about it. And that that's going on now. So it's a it's a 15-minute short film that's going to be made uh, as more of a short, but a proof of proof of concept mm -hmm. to then market funds for the future. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, it's shooting on 16 millimeter, which is intense, um, but a lot of fun. Um, 
and uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a really fun film. It's a story that I've spent probably about a year and a half in the research stages for, and like a lot of historians, a lot of museum curators, and unfortunately, the story that it's about, there's nobody left alive uh, at this point. So it's it's been a fun process as a writer to really dig through this. It's just, it's been an amazing time. Um, it sounds awesome. But yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Awesome. I can't wait to keep going with it. Do you want to like give a log line? Because you say, yeah. it, what, what made me want to say this is you said no one's alive from... Right, well basically, the short version is that it is, uh, it's a story about the earliest hour on D-Day that uh, no one knew happened. Before the Airborne, before the Normandy beaches, before all that. It's basically the first people in France. Did um, Dunkirk influence you by any chance? Dunkirk did not. I, I enjoyed <laughs> Dunkirk. I know a lot of people didn't. I enjoyed Dunkirk. My main influence is the HBO show um, Band of Brothers. Uh, it's an, one of my favorite series. Um, and then things like, uh, oh geez, Thin Red Line. Um, and then just other suspense thrillers, man. I, it's, it's a very much a, not a war film, war film. It's, it's more of a, it's set in a war and it is got war elements in it, but it is, that's definitely not the, it's, it's not a hoorah America kind of thing. It's, it's very much a, a person to person. I love films that are in the World War II era specifically. Oh, yeah. One one as well, but two specifically. So yeah, when I heard about that, it's something super yeah. looking forward to and hope it goes well. Please. Ending on a positive note. So uh, yeah, well, thanks for coming oh, to the first know, episode. Hopefully, thank you. Hopefully um, this is gonna be something that will go on every week till the end of the quarter cool. with different guests um so yeah awesome. hope you enjoyed it and that was it thanks guys cool thank awesome you, thank, you. thank you man awesome I hope you